little, another little system here is like, I've started flossing every day. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like, like something very little, but it's yeah. like, you know, I, I start off like, ah, I should probably like, I should floss today. And then I, you know, floss for four or five days in a row. And I'm like, well, like, I don't know if I don't floss, like it's 45 seconds. Like, I mean, what's, what's the big deal? And then I do it. And now I haven't like not flossed for like th- three months. Like that's a little, you're not like, a flosser. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> Yeah, my identity, your identity is I'm a runner and here I am, I'm a flosser. Like, well, what do you, I don't even know what you probably talk to your dental hygienist about if you floss. I mean, <laughs> raving reviews, raving reviews <laughs> is what I get. Gold stars. Ever heard of a podcast where one of the hosts has no idea what's going on? Well, now you have. Welcome to Unprompted, the show where one of the hosts shows up completely unaware of the conversation topic for the episode. From technology to society to history, life, and more, each episode features a unique topic, and the hosts unravel the details together using nothing but their background knowledge and past experiences. Hosted by Luke Bogus and Jared Arts, we hope you enjoy today's unprompted conversation. With our, we'll have to really communicate that with our post-production leads and assistants. <laughs> yes, the whole team. team. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Hello, Luke. Wow. Wow. We're back. This is real. We're actually doing a recording. Can you believe that? I, I can. I, I'm not sure <laughs> if our listeners can. Our disgruntled listeners, just leaving them on a massive cliffhanger about, oh, we're across the country. What are we going to do? Are they settling in? I'm sure that that has been a wicked concern for all of our listeners. So we're alive. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've heard personally from one listener that they were going to leave feedback complaining about the long laps in episodes, but, um, they forgot what our website was. So, <laughs> well, I, I was thinking that the feedback just got so unbearable. We just got so many inbound from in, but like, you know, we have hooked up to our email and just got hundreds, if not thousands of submissions on our feedback form that we just had to finally make an episode. But if you're honest, Luke, have you looked at the feedback? Cause it's, it's in your Google drive. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know if I've even looked at the website. <laughs> Yeah, so we've, uh, we've we've been we've been gone for a minute. We've been gone for a minute. But. Yeah, a lot of a lot of settling in here. It was a lot of just like buying furniture for my house, and I think you know, not house apartment because this guy has an actual house. But uh, <laughs> and then just like acclimating to like the the time zones too has been really interesting. Like you know, I get off mostly like after commuting and stuff. It's like I'm home by six. I cook dinner, and like at around that time, it's like seven thirty ish, and that's like you know, pretty late for people back home in Nebraska. So, uh, yeah, it's been kind of weird to like also kind of work around life schedule and like time zones and stuff. So I know it's been like a big issue for me, but you know, we're here, we're, we'll do, we'll do what we got to do to make the listeners happy. We uh, had to make it work this time. Yeah. We're, hopefully we'll be having a more regular schedule. I mean, like probably we'll say like every other week. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, makes sense to me, but we'll have to see if we can keep to that. You know, we haven't, you know, regularly scheduled things aren't, aren't our best, aren't our best quality. So, but they will now. <laughs> yes. <Hopefully. laughs> we will be better in the future. We promise. <laughs> and man, my, my podcasting skills are a little rusty too. I was trying to prepare for the show and I'm like, man, just like, I gotta, gotta think about, you know, taking like, you know, getting everything ready to go and thinking about the banter and gotten, having, you know, the right amount of notes. But, um, in case you were or weren't keeping track, because the answer is we weren't. We don't know who did the last episode. <laughs> so I just came up with a topic. We'll see uh, We'll see how it lands. But Mr. Jared, are you ready to just chat about what we're going to chat about? Yeah, I'm definitely ready for you to hit me. I mean, 
you know, it's it's quite something that we couldn't have listened to the first 10 minutes of the last episode <laughs> to figure it out, but uh, I'm glad that uh, glad that uh, you were the one to take the topic this week because I was eating dinner and didn't have time to think of one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if it's a productive topic or if it's interesting, but um, essentially what I want to chat about is this notion of systems. Have you heard of the book Atomic Habits by James Clear? I've heard of it. It's been recommended to me many times on Audible, and I haven't bought it yet. It is like the quintessential productivity, like, I don't know, like the like productivity gurus on YouTube. Like, it is like the book that is recommended most by people who think about productivity and like, you know, like just improving life and whatever. And so I've same gotten recommended it forever. And it was always just like almost recommended so much to like a level of cringe of just like everyone <laughs> says it and it's like becomes like this Bible. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like it can't be that good. But I, uh, I dove into it a little bit. Um, for those who know me personally, I'm very notorious and not finishing books. <laughs> so <laughs> I read part of it, but I got what I wanted to get out of it. And the biggest takeaway that I got was this, quote that in life when we think about um, building habits I should probably start there atomic habits is all about the entire book (laughs) is about how do we build effective habits and just like live a more productive and happier healthy life and the entire premise of the book rather than talking about how to build habits and rather than talking about like building the right goals the biggest quote that I took away from the book was we don't rise to the level of our goals but rather we fall to the level of our systems so you know, if I have the goal of, you know, having my room clean, a lot of what people do is, you know, they muster up the courage every Sunday night to spend an hour to clean their entire house or clean their apartment. But then if you don't change your dirty ways of, you know, putting clothes away throughout the week and cleaning the dishes throughout the week, like you're still going to have a really dirty apartment. And so like that example festers throughout, you know, many things in life, whether it be like being healthy, doing this, doing that. And so um, that's been like one interesting challenge for me being out here. And so this entire, I guess, what getting into the topic of the episode is talking about like systems in life. Like we've, we've been like spoon fed systems, like our entire lives, like going through school, going through college. Um, and for the first time, like we have a system nine to five, but you know, when it comes to like our wellness and well-being, we actually have time to think about relationships outside of, you know, the rigorous schedule of school where you go to do, do have to do homework on the weekends and you have to do stuff at late at night and submit assignments at midnight. Like that doesn't exist. Nine to five is what exists and everything outside of that. It's, uh, it's up to us. And so it's been an interesting uh, ride to build the right systems, but, um, I have some other thoughts on this, but I want to hear, have you, you know, you've had a lot of life changes recently and you're pretty, deep into work. You started about a you know, good month before I did. Mm-hmm. What, uh, aside of your nine to five, what systems have you built? Like, have you, have you built any just, um, recurring habits or just things that you've done to keep your sanity and just like to stay grounded, <laughs> like outside of, um, you know, work? Um, I can't say that I have, honestly, I'd say interestingly, like the past, like since I've started work, there's been almost more of a disruption of the systems that I had established than there is Mm. the establishment of new systems. And what I mean by that is I typically in the past, you know, tried to run every day, you know, have like a wake up and I run. But when I bought my house, I moved into my house. I started working at about the same time. I have a bunch of stuff going on around the house. I need to fix this, do that. You know, I want to do this or I want to do that 
combined with, okay, I have a job that I want to do well in that, you know, takes a decent amount of time to do. And those things kind of mashed. Uh, for example, I don't wake up every morning and run. It's rarer than it should be. I actually have a half marathon on Sunday and I have what? not trained for it like at all. So it's going to be really I had bad. no idea. Is that the Habsy? Yeah, the good life Habsy. Um, Dang. So like that like system completely broke down and like also like just like the amount of like upheaval also like messed with my reading the system I had where I used to read 50 pages a day or this or that. Um, and so I think for me like all of these life changes have not settled um, yet. Like, I don't feel completely anchored in my job yet, like, where I feel com- like I'm, you know, got the handle on everything yet. Um, I don't feel like my house is done and settled in, you know. Uh, my girlfriend's still in college. I'm helping her through college. So there's, like, a lot of things going on in my life where I feel like a lot of those systems that I maybe had in college haven't transferred through yet or i haven't found the new routines um for me um so that's what i feel like those major systems haven't been in place i still have like like you mentioned like keeping things clean i i'm a very clean person so that's i've like settled into i never leave a dish on uncleaned before i like eat any of the food i cooked so like i have all the dishes washed before then trying to just keep everything nice in my house but like besides that like real like life systems they have mostly flown away instead of come down to me. <laughs> yeah, which is the perfect response to the second part of this topic that I, <laughs> based on an active book that I'm, I'm like currently reading right now, and I'm going to finish it because it's by this guy named Simon Sinek, if you've ever heard of his work. Um, if mm. you haven't noticed, based on this podcast and many past conversations, I definitely love like social psychology is like a side interest of mine, but... Um, it's his book called the infinite game, um, which is, it's not, a, it's not necessarily a concept that he invented. I cannot remember the original author, but basically it's his take on the infinite game. He spins it to business, which is like why I like the book because <laughs> you know, I'm a business boy. Um, but basically that it's called, um, it's called the infinite game because he, he talks about in life, we decide between finite and infinite games, meaning, you know, a football game is pretty finite, right? Like, there's a scoreboard, 60 minutes, there's a defined set of rules, you win or you lose. But like in business, you can't win business, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can launch the next product, you can do the next thing, but the idea is that you have to build the right systems so that rather than just winning the next quarter, winning the next fiscal year, you have to learn how to you know, live for longevity. You can't just like live for growth. You have to live for a higher purpose. That higher, he calls it a just cause, but essentially it's like, what's this vision? And so he talks a lot about, he kind of breaks down in life, like a lot of things that we see as finite and how can we turn that into infinite? And so it was a really interesting combination of like this thoughts around building systems for your habits with you know James Clear. And then in this business book about, uh, business and infinite games and you can't win business and things, you know, like all those concepts. And he talks about infinite games are also not racking up finite wins, meaning that how I talked about, you know, for a football team that wins, you know, if you win week over week over week, whatever it is, just having multiple wins doesn't build a good culture. Like there's other systemic things you have to do that ideally translate to wins. You know, if you play a football game, you can't just like 
stare at the scoreboard the whole time and expect to win. Like ideally, if you just like if you built the right systems in practice and you build the right habits, you go out there, you do your thing, you work as hard as you can, and then you look at the scoreboard and hopefully you're on top, right? And so looping this back into systems in life, which is why it's so interesting to hear your answer to the question, because that's my exact same answer of, oh, I haven't built the system yet because I'm still settling into work. I'm still settling into my house. There's all these things chaotic. And it really gets me thinking like, at what point is it not? You know, like I feel myself now, I, you know, I've given myself a pass for a couple months, just like kind of being lethargic after work and just like doing whatever because of work being hectic. I'm still onboarding. I'm still doing this. Like I'm still getting used to that. But it's like, at what point in life are we not getting used to things? Like at what point in life, like, are we stabilized where we can actually start thinking about building the right systems? And I think I've kind of landed on the fact that like, there's never a right time. So like, I don't know, how do you, like, when do you think the right time is going to be of when do you think you're finally going to be settled in? When do you think you're going to start, you know, you're going to hit that win and start thinking about, you know, your more infinite systems kind of in your life. I think that what you say about there never being a right time is pretty accurate. I feel like there's never a point where you're completely settled in life. I think that there will be a time for me where I will get back to running, I hope. Um, I will feel settled into my house. I'll feel like I'm secure enough in my job. Like I'll feel like, you know, I have a hang on what I'm doing. But at the same time, by the time that happens, there'll be new things to settle into. There'll be new friendships to settle into. Mm -hmm. I might be, you know, be settling into a marriage. Maybe eventually there'll be a kid. Like there's always this next step of like, you're settled into your current position and then something new is going to um, uproot you. Uh, for example, we were settled into college, I would say. By the time we graduated, we were pretty set in college and in rakes. And then we graduated, everyone left, we started our jobs and everything was uprooted. So like ever, all of those systems we built were, they were not very useful for the new reality. And so I feel like it's going to be the same thing. We're going to settle down into maybe whatever we'd like to call normal life right now and it will change. Like your job will change, you'll get promoted, you'll get fired or something and it will be different. You're, you'll move out of your apartment into a condo or into a house and then you have to adjust to that. Um, yeah, you get married, things change. And so I think it's an interesting point you, you know, bring up about the infinite goals. Like having, establishing goals that transcend the short-term disruptions that happen in our systems. And I think that that's extremely important in life is, is like what, when you, when you, you know, take everything else away, like what is, what is the point? What are you moving towards? Um, because like ultimately if you're trying to, if your goal is to get a big house in life, you'll get a big house and then you'll have no purpose. If your goal is to be successful in your job, you'll find success. And then what's next? So I think that's a really interesting point. I, but I, to like, to answer your original question is like, I don't think you're ever settled. Um, I don't think you can, I don't think you can wait to feel settled to work on those inf infinite goals because you'll never reach that point. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah, I'm trying to just even think about, cause I, I agree. It's like, you know, 
for for being a product manager is basically my full-time job and you know right now you know we we have these planning cycles so obviously we've talked about this before we work for a big corporation and so it's um you know we we plan for six months in advance we plan for a year in advance and i and i don't mean like long-term goals but like when i talk about like you know what are we going to do for the next six months like how are we going to like improve our product and you know get more customers and xyz but you know and i always struggle with how do you think long term about where do we want this thing to go in two, five years? Like what is like the ultimate vision? How are we going to get there in a year? Like how are we going to make incremental steps in the next six to 10 months to get to that ultimate vision? But then even harder is what do we do next week to make sure that we're folding up to next month's vision, to next year's vision, to the next 10 years vision. And that's just work. And like, you know, and then, and like my, the, my, my job, like, again, ultimately like, revolves around that, defining that, you know, driving clarity with folks and, um, you know, just making sure that, that that, like, facilitation happens. But, like, it's interesting how when I shut my laptop at 5 o'clock, like, that methodology that I apply to work in my software product, like, why don't I apply that to life, right? <laughs> it's like I want to be, I want to be healthier or whatever it is, you know. But it's like, I you know, I have dreams of you know like you said getting to the point of running every day and but once i'm settled in i'll get there and it's like well i want to be you know do xyz and i think one of the interesting things that james clear talks about in the book as well is like identity management versus just like habits like you can't go to the gym for nine hours and all of a sudden just be buff like right like but what the other thing you can't do is you can't say i want to go to the gym three times a week because if you fail that goal then subconsciously it's like well, I'm not going to hit that goal. Like it's, it's not that motivating or gripping of a goal. So then he talks about if you change your identity of like, I'm a healthy person, then what do you do to fulfill that goal? Again, like you build the system of I'm going, I, I'm a healthy person and to be healthy, I need to go to the gym. I need to eat better. I need to do this. I need to do that. And so it's like, you know, we think I, like f- for basically that mindset, I applied to like my job and like my software products that I work on, but it's like, how do you translate that to like life things because a there's never going to be a perfect time to kickstart that inertia and then b it's like you have to think about things right i need to start thinking about things more in a system-based manner of you know like the first example like ever since i've gotten to this apartment i'm i just tell myself i'm like i'm I'm a clean person and so because i'm a clean person like you know i clean up every day like i vacuum like every couple days i always put dish in the dishwasher like you said like you know i fold i make my bed every day and so therefore it's a clean apartment and people compliment it and i i like it clean and versus you know right before people come over it's like i ha- i hurriedly clean up or you know i just move into slobbish habits like that's when i have the mindset of i'm gonna have a clean house i do things every day to make sure that, that happens so it's like okay i've mastered the clean house and <laughs> now when do i master <laughs> these other things Mm-hmm. I feel like one thing I thought of <clears throat> as you were talking there is like something that kind of permeates through all of that when you just talk about like how it's so hard to apply that same functionality of like building a product to yourself, like when you're the product, is I feel like a lot of times <clears throat> humans feel like there's time. We always feel like there's time. It brings, it reminds me of have you ever heard of or read this? Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis. No, I've not. Oh, it's a it's a theology book about it's essentially a, a series of letters between a young demon and his uncle about how to like tempt humans to get them to hell. And one of the most interesting quotes from there is where the the older demon says, "You don't need to convince 
you know, the people to be bad. You don't need to convince them God doesn't exist. You just have to convince them that there's time. You just have to convince them that there's time to change. And so I think applying that to this situation is like, you know, in terms of like the clean apartment, it's like a lot of times you get convinced that there will be time to clean up before people come over. There will be time to work out once I'm settled down. Mm. There will be time to think about what books I want to read or read books once I finish this project in work. And the reality is like, there is not time. Like the, the time is right now. And I think if you fail to kind of grasp this, like the singular moment, you lose yourself in the illusion that there'll always be time in the future. Cause the time always gets taken up, you know, like, um, you know, that's what I find difficult, you know, like in terms of running, like I'll run tomorrow. I kept telling myself that for this half marathon that's in literally three days. I was like, three months ago, I was like, I'll be able to train in two months. And then in two months ago, I was like, I'll be able to train in four weeks. I know I can do that. And then two weeks rolled around and I was like, shoot, I needed to do that. And then I got sick with one week to go. And so now I haven't run in a week and I hardly ran for a couple of weeks. And so there was not time because I kept pushing it off because I always thought there would be. And I think that applies to a lot of these systems we build is that there's a huge necessity not only to um, build up the system, but also to say, I need to start this now because there won't be time later. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Just like we always assume, like like the classic, like we always say tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. Um, another like similar quote to like what you said that I've heard is, um, oh, how'd that go? Oh, yeah, it's like. I, I don't can't remember who said it exactly, but it's just like, you know, we we think life is short, but rather we have the time, we just waste it. And it's like, but what do we waste it with? You know, it's like if I could just morph 10 minutes of my daily YouTube watching, if I could just morph 15 minutes. But for some reason, I just like really struggle with the idea of systems like it, it sounds so simple, right? If you get one percent better every single day, well, then ideally compound interest applies to your habits. And then boom, in a year from now, you improve like that is just like the obvious recipe works <laughs> works almost every time if you work out every day then you're probably going to be healthier if you eat no cookies every day you're probably going to be healthier right but it's like there's just something like unsexy about that like there's something unsexy about you know going to the gym and not seeing results for 2 months like the idea of future you maybe hopefully seeing the you know maybe hopefully reaping the benefits in 6 months like isn't a compelling reason to like keep the system going. So I think that's also like another thing is just like the obvious, like the future state, like it's like, Oh, it'd be awesome to lose all this weight or oh, it'd be awesome to, I I don't know, start the side project to be awesome to do whatever. Um, But at the end of the day, it's like even taking that first step, it's almost just like, there's so many things that I want to do. And rather than starting any of them, I do none of them. If that makes sense. Well, I feel like, it's also like overwhelming, right? Yeah. Because you feel like you sit here and you think, okay, what do I have to do? I need to start working out every day. I need to uh, eat healthier. I need to read books. I need to, you know, focus better on my job during the work day. I need to go out with friends more. And then you, you're sitting there and you're listing all these things off and it becomes an insurmountable mountain. I know my girlfriend does this with homework, which will be like, in three months I have this due, in two months I have this due, and you know, three weeks I have this due. And then tonight I have a small thing due and there's just too much. And 
I think it, it's like a matter of if you try to like we're in a weird state where we have like no systems. They were all destroyed, and so now we're like looking at like like shoot, we have to build like a whole mountain of systems, and that's super daunting for us. But like the reality is, you need to maybe I don't know do ten push-ups today and run tomorrow, and if you you know slip out of that routine that's fine you know go out for with friends a little bit more often i think it's too daunting when you try to do it all at once and it's even tough to do it step by step but that's kind of the only way i feel like it can it can happen because if you try to do it all at once you're you're screwed i feel yeah yeah and it's like and this is like the hardest thing for me is it's even hard to read like you know like i mentioned earlier you know i get home and I cook and I clean and it's like seven thirty or eight. And now the, the benefit of 90% of my friends being back in Nebraska, I mean, it's, it's sad in the moment. They're all asleep. Like when it's eight o'clock here, it's 10 o'clock there. Like you're mostly winding down or you're asleep, family's asleep, whatever. So it's like, basically I got around bed around 10, 10 30. Like it's ideally two to two and a half silent hours every night. I can do whatever I want. I can go to the gym. I could read a book. I can meditate. I could write. I could do this. I could do that. I sit on YouTube for two hours and I think about all these other things that I could do. And it's weird. I almost get in this state of paralysis because it's like, oh, like I just said, I could work out. I could do this. I could learn new recipes. I could learn guitar. I could do, you know, all these things. And instead of taking a step for any of them, I take a step for none of them. And I just result in the easy thing to do, which is watching this new Matt Diavella video that came out that I just have to watch right now that, you know, so it's like. I, like it's totally like analysis paralysis and like it's the the rules are there like if you just do something every day or nearly every day like you will get better at it like it's that simple but it's like why can't we okay why can't i take the leap to just <laughs> follow the simple instructions like i think that's that's the part and that's like why i brought it up in the first place is like you know building systems seems so easy but when it comes down to it for some reason somehow we convince ourselves now's not the right time or we convince ourselves we'll do it tomorrow or it's just crippling. It's, it's too hard. Like it's like, literally it's like, I can't even explain the feeling sometimes that I have when I think about doing something as easy as like reading, like I can't even get myself to grab my book. Like it's just, it's, it's so hard to articulate the feeling of just like, I want to do something so bad, but because of the long work day, because of all these other excuses, I just feel drained that the easiest thing to do is just sit on YouTube or do something extremely mindless. And then I, I do that process for two, three, four weeks. And I look back and I'm like, man, if I would have just started reading two, three, four weeks ago, I would have finished that book. And instead I'm on page five. Yeah. And it's kind of like you start, you're like, man, I really want to read a book. And then you start watching YouTube and then you feel like, like, shoot, I don't know why I'm watching YouTube. This is useless. Like I should be reading, but then you keep watching YouTube. You feel like there's, there's no longer time to read the book or you, you maybe a way to say it is you feel like you failed Mm. and almost like, and this is, you know, I can speak from what I feel sometimes like you failed to do the right thing. And so you almost like don't even deserve to do the right thing anymore. Like I should have read a book, but I didn't. So now I'm going to sit here (laughs) doing this thing like for example watching youtube scrolling social media that i realize is making me feel bad but in some ways it's like i deserve that now because like i I didn't do the right thing initially i don't know if you have any really you know feeling like that before but it's like 
you get into this, it's almost like you're punishing yourself. Like, since I didn't do the right thing five minutes ago, like, I don't deserve it anyway, so I'm not going to do it now. And, like, that's, like, a super, super unhealthy, <laughs> super unhealthy for <laughs> sure. But, like, I feel like it's definitely a state that you get into. Like, you, it just, like, once you slip, sometimes it's harder, it's even harder to get back on track, to, to, do, to make that choice the next time. Or even in that same moment when you, like you said, you know you should, you know you want to, but you just can't. Mm pull yourself to yeah this is gonna be an episode of a lot of quotes but another quote that i pulled that i heard the other day that's like rattled me was a lot of shoulds make for a shitty life like i should go do this i should do that and if you just live through a life of shoulds you're not gonna have any fun i think it was applying to a lot of things like you know in, in maybe work like i should you know do this thing i should stay here for you know stay at this job for another x months i should deal with this situation like whatever and like that makes sense like the, the the quote makes sense but at the same time it's like that i feel like that quote makes sense if for some reason and if i if somebody feels this way please introduce me because i've never met somebody who's actually articulated this like i want to be healthy i want to be like productive 24 hours a day i want to do all these things like for me like i don't really have like i feel like my mindset with a lot of these things, like I should build these systems. I should be working out. I should be healthy. But the quote of a lot of shoulds lead to a shitty life. Well, then I have to somehow convince myself that like, I want to be healthy. I want to build these systems. I want to do these things. And so it's like, how do you even like morph the mindset? Like you just affirmation, you just tell yourself enough. Like, you know, for some reason, like the whole, I'm a clean person thing helped. It worked. Like I, like I said earlier, a clean apartment, really proud of it. Like, but I've tried for years to say I'm a healthy person. And after two or three weeks, I slip and I realize I'm not a healthy person. Are you kidding me? And then once I internalize that, then the slippery slope starts, right? Yeah. Like then it's like, you know, one of the other rules that I've had throughout this apartment is I'm not allowed to have any like snacks in my apartment. That's another system I built. So like if I want to get ice cream, great. Like I can have ice cream, but I have to walk my ass to the store and get it. Like I'm not going to let myself just have it slipping there. And then one day I just at the store and I saw this bag of like kettle corn popcorn and I'm like, Oh, it looks pretty good. And so I got it and sit on top of my fridge and now I have like other snacks. And so it's like, once I broke the barrier, the floodgates open. So it's like, how do you also get to a point to where you go from should to want yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I really have an answer. Like, the, an experience I kind of have with that is, like, back in my heyday of running, I would say, like, mm. um, right before the pandemic, I guess, like, kind of the year before the pandemic happened, I was, like, I wanted to run every day. Like, how? Like, like why? Like, 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 walk me through, like, the energy you felt, like, what, like, the types of situations where you're just like, I need to run. Like, like, what? And, like, how, like, what the feeling? Like, just, like, walk me through that. I don't even know if I've had anything in my life where I'm like, <laughs> I want to do that. Like, well, like, like I'm so, so curious. So, like, it started, I signed up for a half marathon almost as, like, a joke with my sibling, my older siblings, because I'd, like, never been much of a, I never enjoyed running. Like, high school or anything I did but I didn't like love it and so I did that and like I trained because I felt like I had to because I needed to do well so I trained actually super hard for that first half marathon and I ran it and it went like super well like I ran a great time and I hit that like I got the I got the runner's high as they say which is as I've learned in a recent book um called uh drunk 
which is a book about hmm. like, intoxicants uh, throughout human history, uh, there is legitimate, like, you get high running because you deprive your brain of oxygen. It's the same thing that wow. happens when you get drunk or high. Um, so anyway, uh, I got that runner's high. <laughs> and I kept running. And then when I went to Seattle uh, and did some internships at Microsoft, I ran there, ran some half marathons there. And what I felt like happened was sometime in that summer, running every day became like an integral part of my life. Like if I didn't wake up and run, it felt really weird. Like I automatically woke, got up at, you know, 6.30 and I just felt like I had to run. Like not that, not that like I'd, I should run, like I'm forcing myself to, but like I like really wanted to run because it felt, it would feel like a weird day if I didn't. It felt like just like part of who I was. Um, and that like continued kind of all the way through until like the pandemic hit. Um, and then I, that kind of like collapsed just because of everything kind of, oh, that mess with things. <laughs> uh, but like during that time, I feel like it just became, a, like you mentioned, you to- told your, to tell yourself you're a healthy person. I didn't tell myself I was a runner, but I became a runner just like through the actions. Like I did it enough times that my days felt awkward or weird without it. And so now I've kind of been off that train for such a long enough time that I'm kind of back to where I feel normal, not running every day. And it feels a little bit like a chore to go out. So I really want to get back to that. But I know it took like, like six months almost of running every day Um, before I felt like, yeah, this, this is like a normal thing for me to do. And it felt weird not to. So I guess the answer for you is I kind of went through the forcing myself phase for a long time before it kind of worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting actually, because it's like, I mean, I don't know the parts of building habits and building the right systems. Like, I mean, I, like I mentioned earlier, I've really never met a human soul. That's like, yes, I'm going to go on a run today. Yes. I'm going to challenge myself with a gym. Yes. I'm going to eat 2000 calories only. Yes. I'm going to like, nobody's like that excited about any of that. But after forcing yourself with huge air quotes, like forcing yourself to do it, then you identify with it. I think that's like an interesting, like, takeaway and going back to the quote of lots of shoulds lead to a shitty life like maybe to get started it is a should and then after you force yourself which just sounds terrible <laughs> but like it's true maybe maybe it's slowly but surely morphs from should to like i am like i really should go on a run you go on you you know you should 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 for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden it's just like i'm yeah i'm a runner i've been running for x number of weeks and like little another little system here is like i've started flossing every day like you know, I, like, like something very little, but it's yeah. like, you know, I, I start off like, ah, I should probably like, I should floss today. And then I, you know, floss for four or five days in a row. And I'm like, well, like, I don't know if I don't floss, like it's 45 seconds. Like, I mean, what's, what's the big deal. And then I do it and now I haven't like not floss for like th- three months. Like that's a little, you're now like, a flosser. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My identity, your identity is I'm a runner and here I am. I'm a flosser. Like, well, what do you, I don't even know what you probably talk to your dental hygienist about if you floss. I mean, <laughs> raving reviews, raving reviews is what I get gold stars, but wow. it's like, why can't that just be a microcosm of like other habits in life? Right? Like me exactly. So if I could just like get my ass to like put on some running shoes and just go on even a 10 minute jog, it's like 10 is better than zero. But for some reason in my head, it's a waste of time and it's something that I should do. So yeah, I think that's like an interesting takeaway for me in this episode of just like, 
you know, to build the right system, sometimes like it's not going to be thrilling. Like everything you do is not going to be like, like, I don't know, not, I mean, people like eating healthy, people like working out, whatever, but like for, I would probably say a majority of people, it probably starts as a should, like, it's not going to be like a complete thrill to like, you know, deprive yourself of calories and of snacks and of, you know, whatever, but it gets to a point to where then like, it feels like bad if you don't, if you don't eat healthy, it feels bad when you don't run. Like, I'm sure like when you stopped running, like, you know, obviously the pandemic was going on. So there was like those emotions, but I'm sure maybe you felt more lethargic. Like, is Mm -hmm. that true? Like, did you start to feel worse? And then like, how did you, how did you cope with the fact of like, I feel more lethargic. I should run. Then you didn't like, can you like, do you recall like how that went at all? Like how you convinced yourself? Like I feel lethargic. I should run. Then what did you do? Like, like, like what was your like decision process? I mean, I think that like the pandemic was a really convenient time for my brain to stay like, say like you should stay inside. Yep. And so I think that like, and I was at that point I was living in Lincoln. So I was living in a, in a city, not out in the country. If I would have been out in the country, I probably would have got myself to go and run. Um, because what would have been stopping me? Like the chickens aren't going to have COVID at that, at that <laughs> moment. Uh, but I, I think I just kind of convinced myself like, you're doing the right thing by not running. Um, and even though I felt bad not doing it and it felt weird and I was definitely more tired and stuff, it was just like, you know, this just like everything has changed. Everything kind of, there was such a big disruption that it like ruptured that system that I had mm. and it made it kind of easy for me to slip out of it. Um, and then it, it took you know, a couple months for that system to kind of break down. And then, yeah. And that was, that was kind of that. And I haven't quite gotten back to where I was before yet. So hopefully someday. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think uh, our artificial 40 minutes is uh, coming up, but I, I'm curious, do you have any final like thoughts on systems? Like, has, like, I don't know, has this changed your mindset on like, once I settle in, I will do blank. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, like, cause for me in the moment, and this is, this is the interesting thing I'm trying to capture in my brain is like, I, I do have, I have the energy and motivation to be like, yeah, you know what? Starting tomorrow, <laughs> I'm gonna do whatever. But as it always goes, tomorrow comes and it doesn't happen. So like, I don't know, like, what do you, what are your gut thoughts on like systems? And if the answer is like, I mean, if, if your answer is like, I'm still going to stick with like, once I settle in, I'm going to do it. But like, I'm, I'm just curious, like, what do you feel? I mean, I think that like the conversation is definitely pushed towards like, I can't really wait till I settle in. Like, I'd like to start, I need to start sooner. Like you're, I'm never going to be settled in. Um, I mean, I been I better get a running system in in the next three days because <laughs> I, I I need to run. Yeah, but I'm more so just hoping I'm feeling a hundred percent better. I'm still feeling a little sick before uh, before I have to do that. But I mean, I think that overall, I think it's a lot of. I think it's important to force yourself to to have like discipline. Interesting thing we should have could have talked quite mm. a bit on is having the discipline to keep yourself going until it becomes a part of your identity is I think something that's uh, pretty important. So be like Nick Wynn and most listeners might not understand that, but extremely <laughs> disciplined guy I know. Yeah. But yeah, wow. I guess like, those are my final thoughts, but I think we have, we have a regular, regularly scheduled segment. And then Luke, yes, we, we also have a surprise segment that oh. I'd like to speak about. But first, we can do the regularly scheduled segment. And then we have a, wow. a little bit of a surprise segment I'd like to bring, bring in. So that, that's that's the reason we've been away for so long is because Jared's been cooking that surprise segment. So uh, Long time dude, I've been waiting to do it, yeah. I'm sure it'll be worth the wait. Um, but before we get there, yeah. 
trying to think about our regularly scheduled segment, which is I offer a time or a place and uh, Jared with his big brain comes up with some really interesting history fact that is usually right. And if it's not <laughs> right, he'll, he'll fix it in the show notes, but he's usually yes. impressively correct. Hmm. Let's see here. Uh, so Simon Sinek, the author of the book that I was referring to the infinite game is, I think, hopefully I'm not butchering this and I might have to correct myself is from the UK. He is, he's, he's from London. Um, and so we obviously know about the historic importance of that of England and such. Um, I'm trying to think, is there one like interesting lesser known fact about the, uh, the monarchy that you haven't shared before? I know that that's been, I think a topic on the podcast, but is there like one, just like when you think about like some, like just mind blowing, like little known fact that just makes people go, Oh my gosh, like that's true. Or like, what's What's a fact? Yes, I know last time we talked about how um, the British monarchy was, like, related to all the other monarchies. Um, yes, we did. So let me, let, me try, let me try to think here. Um, did we talk about how the English court spoke French for quite a large portion of its history? I don't know if that was an off-mic conversation. Or not? I think we've had it before. <laughs> okay. It also makes me wonder: Have I? I might have asked about the UK like half you, the time. You did ask directly about the monarchy before, so I don't know if you want to. <laughs> if, if we should do a full repeat, or if you have another idea. <laughs> That's hilarious! Wow. Okay. Well, it also goes to show I don't really prepare this regularly <laughs> scheduled. I just kind of go off the dome. Um, what's like? A, what's a neighboring country? Uh, like I also don't, you know, know geography that well. <laughs> uh, we have. France, you know we have uh, Italy's interesting. Italy. It's not very really neighboring, but okay, uh, that, that Italy's interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's a what's an Italian uh, fact? Uh, I mean, Italy has such a long history, man. Like you have the whole Roman Empire, you have uh, medieval Italy. Uh, I think. Let's think here. I'll go with something from Roman history because I think Roman history is interesting. Um, and I'll go with, uh, Emperor, I believe it was Caligula, which not the, not the greatest emperor. Um, uh, he had an extremely yard, large yacht that he had oh. built on a mountain, like a lake in the mountains. And the yacht was huge. It was about 40 meters long. I think, um, it had heated and cooled plumbing in the, in the boat, um, like hundreds of rooms, um, like kitchens and stuff. And what year? Uh, this was like this would have been in the first century AD. Oh my god! <laughs> in like the one hundreds. Plumbing. Uh, plumbing, yes, but like much a decent amount of Roman plumbing. It was made of lead. Um, ah. So because the Romans were really big on lead um, for cooking mm. vessels and stuff, uh, <laughs> but yeah, a huge yacht just in the middle of. A tiny lake in the mountains like and that, that that's the fact there is a giant yacht with uh with plumbing and, wow uh, that's that didn't know if you you were aware that's of that, i didn't was not aware of it i'm glad that uh you didn't move forward with the 20th uk fact that i've asked <laughs> for some reason i really like the uk so let's uh let's make sure i don't ask that's probably all that. the all the crown i think oh yes of course of course that's it's on my mind but now but, for the special segment 
Yeah, so the reason we haven't done a podcast in so long is because our good friends over at Apple have mm. refused thus far to release ARM-powered MacBook Pros. And just this week, they had an announcement where they released new MacBook Pros, which are powered by Apple's own custom processors, which are the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. Um, I am a huge... I enjoy Apple's releases. I believe their processors are groundbreaking. Um, I'm extremely excited. Luke, I just wanted to get your thoughts. I just want to put this put this uh, in a podcast on if you have any thoughts about this, I might want to share some of my thoughts because I'm extremely hyped about how big I think this is. I thought you were going to, that was going to be your announcement that you purchased a MacBook Pro. I thought that's where you're going with that. And I was getting really pumped. And then you were just, you just kind of fizzled down to what are your thoughts? My thoughts are you need to buy it. That's my thoughts. Well, I, I'm I'm redoing the siding on my house. <laughs> oh, so now's not a good time, is what you're telling me. Once you settle in on the siding on your once house, once I settle then... in, once I settle in, I, oh. I will buy a MacBook Pro. I'm planning on buying one. There's a little bit of sticker shock. They're pretty expensive. Yeah, but yeah, classic, classic Apple move for sure. I here's like the interesting thing, I guess, about my opinion on all this, and I don't know if it's just like because you know when I was in high school and college, really, it was always like. Every Apple announcement, like I wanted it. I wanted whatever they announced so bad. And like, you know, I would often upgrade every phone. There's probably a good like three or four years in a row I upgraded the new phone. You know, I upgraded my MacBook Pro recently. You know, I was very kind of like on the height of it. And it almost came to a point now where it's like, especially with the M1s, it's like it's so good that like it's just like, I mean, obviously like the graphs say it's exponentially better. But for me, I probably won't be upgrading just because I <laughs> recently upgraded the M1. I will say if I was thinking from Intel to M1, this would be a different conversation. But I guess I'm less hyped about it because I just have, I just bought an M1 and I bought it for, you know, it was like 1200 bucks or something compared to the $2,000 that staring down the barrel at. I have the dongles already. So, you know, I already gave Apple my money for that. So the ports don't really matter. The ProMotion is fascinating and that I'm a little jealous about. And the notch pisses me off. But other than that, like, what, what, it's a what's sweet device. What's the notch? Oh, man. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's I don't just like me it being old. I just, and I get it. It's on your space. You won't see it. But God, it's just so ugly, dude. Like, it just look, it's just so ugly. And like, seeing how like it wraps around the notch, like on like long menu bars, it just drives me bonkers. Yeah. I mean, I think that the notch is so stupid because I understand having a notch. The notch is so big. Like the camera yeah. is not that good. That and there's no the there's no face ID, right? No, there's no face ID. So there's some speculation that maybe they made the notch that big to con- like they for the next iteration with face ID. But man, I don't know. Like the notch is ugly. That's the only thing that's bad about the whole computer. Everything else is so good, um, and I'm very tempted. Man, I'm very you tempted. Send it, but, dude. And like. I, I, well, I might have, I don't know if this was on or off mic, but like when I, I first got the MacBook Pro 1M or M1, um, like pretty early on in the process, like everything was like still being translated via like the Rosetta Stone engine. And like, you know, and I experienced the wave of like it morphing from like non M1 iMovie to like M1 iMovie and like non Adobe M1 to Adobe M1. And like the sheer difference of 
computation and like how fast things responded and how, how fast things happened was like obvious. So it's like now having the, this max and pro or whichever chip it is like, and the fact that everything's optimized for M one now for the most part, like, Ooh, and promotion. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the problem is I usually use my laptop docked. So having pro, it will be like a step Uh, down to, to plug it in, you know, but yeah, I think we'll have to see. Um, this will probably be a recurring saga if I buy the bought it yet. I already told my girlfriend I think I'm gonna buy it. Oh yes, that's the right move. And I can't wait she to said, play with it when you get it. And but then she said, "What if it's just like the last laptop you bought that you hated, which is my XPS 15?" And I said, <laughs> "That's your problem. In, trust me, it's not gonna be like that. This one will be good." <laughs> that's your problem because it was not a Mac. Well. It wasn't an M1 Mac. That's true. Yeah. Although I should watch what I'm saying because I work for a company that is competing with <laughs> those products. <laughs> yeah. Well, soon enough you'll be you'll be a huge a huge Surface guy. That's 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 true. I will say, and this is this might be even a topic at some point at treading the interesting waters of the company we work for. But I've I've enjoyed my, my Surface Book experience. Like, hmm. not enough for me to switch for personally, but like I've had no qualms. I guess. And Windows 11 is. Just fantastic. It really, it really works well. It's, you have it's no complaints a, about Windows 11? Uh, well, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I will say it like a lot of the quirks that I didn't like are resolved, and like the it's just much more joy. Like the little things, right? Like the like I don't know. Like when you plug in your monitor, like everything like zooms out and zooms in. I don't know if you've experienced that. Yeah. And like when you like launch an app, like the app icon like bounces. Like just it's, it's delightful. Let's just say. Ah, inspires joy. One might say. well i love that recurring segment and hopefully it's not recurring too long hopefully you just send it and buy it and then next time i come to nebraska i can check it out and see for myself well we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens but probably should wrap it up here um i guess uh luke where can people find us they want to find us do you remember you're putting me on the spot here (laughs) i think it's unpromptedpod.com I think not right. podcast. It's yeah, pod, just pod, just pod. pod. Yep. Okay, good. And on that website, you got a little bit more information about us and the holy grail of the website, the feedback form. We would Which love Luke your feedback. Attentively. Very attentively is hooked up to my email. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we get so many feedback that it's hard to sift through them all, but I try my best to respond to all zeros of them. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to your thoughts on the episode. And so is Jared. Well, I, I think with that, hopefully within a week or two, you'll have another episode. Uh, we'll, we'll see how things roll out. Uh, hopefully it's not a few months. but Well, hey, maybe maybe this will this is the kickstart of we should record a podcast to then morphing to we're building the system of reporting podcasts every other week. How about yes. that? that that's is a good takeaway of the episode. I think that that, that, is, the, that is the perfect takeaway. But Huge. I think this is probably be it for now. So thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully we'll see you guys next time. Catch you next time. Bye.